Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, as this episode's getting released, it's the Tuesday after Easter. And a thought had come to me that I think that some people have identified different times in your life, you, you notice it differently, that how time is relative, not just in an Einsteinian sense that, you know, with physics times bends and stuff like that, but how when you look back to the beginning of Lent, how for some people it'll feel like that was just yesterday, and for some people it will feel like it was forever ago. And I wanted to to point out that starting point here because one of the purposes of Lent essentially is to develop good habits. It, it's sometimes explicitly said that way, but what we have called many people to do is to build better relationships and to enter more in the prayer and, and to form those habits. And people say that you can do that in 21 days or 22 days. Um, but as we look at it and go, what did we develop over this period of Lent? Looking back at it now that we're here on the other side of Easter, did we do something that is made us better mentally, physically, or spiritually, or potentially all of those? And I want to sit here kind of looking at things in a review period, but also knowing that while Lent is 40 days the easter season is 50 so if we didn't do something perfect there and it only takes 21 22 days to develop a habit we in theory could develop two good habits during the period of easter so i wanted to sit back kind of use this episode as a a time to think about that and as a stepping stone and things that we can move forward because I asked this specifically to you because you see the shortcomings of people in a very real way through the sacrament of confession and just being a, essentially a spiritual healer for all those around us. So I wanted to give you a floor because you're going to have some very specific items that we can address here. Well, it's always nice to combine some of these areas of, uh, you know, psychology, the discoveries of science, kind of ex, uh, observations, ex, experimental observations or, or uh, kind of systematic observations of the human person, things like how long it takes to make a habit. These are not the kinds of things that, that it tells us in divine revelation. You know, God doesn't say it takes, takes 12 days to make a habit, but we observe that in human behavior and it's a little fuzzy. You know, we know that. Okay, it takes somebody this long, takes somebody else that long. What is a habit? How do you actually define that scientifically? And anyway, all that stuff is uh, pretty interesting. But I love putting that stuff together with our, our practice of the faith. I think that's uh, a great uh, approach to life and, and does a good job of not keeping the faith in this sort of like abstracted space that has nothing to do with uh, concrete reality. So um, I think that's anyway, just to observe your method, which I'm sure was not an intentional method, but just something you come to spontaneously. It's the way your, your mind and heart works. And very much the origin of this podcast that we would try to make it real and uh, keep it real and talk about the faith in its uh, fullness and, and purity, but also in the way that it connects to real life. So 
Uh, and and you're right. I do get a chance to connect with people and and work with people and 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 really see the difficulties. I mean, just just in the last few days, uh, well, before our recording, you know, talk with people in some tremendously hard circumstances and dealing with some some tremendously difficult people. And uh, it's life is hard. Life is really hard. And and when you know, life life has a way of running a little bit of electricity through us, we could say, and and that kind of lights some things up. It's like when you run, you know, I guess if you build a system and then you finally plug it in, you run the electricity through it, you find out what breaks, what what circuits short and what light bulbs explode and where where everything is working or not quite working or where where the weak link was. And and life has a way of doing that with us. We're we're all composed of different things and you know as we as we live, as we engage with people and try to carry out our responsibilities and live in our families and uh, do our work and all these things, it, it runs some electricity through us and we get to see where are the where are some of those uh, weak links in the in that internal network. And and God does that. You know, I think it's important to to see that. Uh, God gently exposes, God runs a little bit of electricity through us. He brings us into the circumstances that are made for us. And uh, it's important to realize there's a there's an intentionality behind the things that we experience. It's not just random from day to day. It, it's uh, really by design that God is, is providing for us uh, different circumstances. And he's also providing the, the grace and and the supports and the, you know, to, to work through those things. And he does that because he wants to transform us from inside to become what we were made to be. And uh, sometimes people, uh, especially some non-Catholic uh, Christian uh, groups will say like the cross, uh, which we focused on, especially last week during Holy Week, uh, that the cross is about Jesus paying the price for our sins. He he pays the price. He serves our punishment. He, you know, but it's like he pays the price to whom? The devil? Uh, or or is God the Father like this kind of sinister, uh, you know, demanding that that we die or that his son would die in our place? I mean, there's something that's really uh, problematic about that approach to uh, salvation. So, so what is what is Jesus doing? And I was just talking with uh, uh, Matt Lozano of uh, Unbound Ministries, and he was he's reflecting on how the passion is. It would be more helpful to think of it in terms of birth pangs, uh, like Jesus giving birth to a new humanity, and and suffering the pain of of uh, our suffering, sin, and death in order to give birth to this new humanity, which comes forth from his side and in blood and water, the, the sacraments of our salvation and renewal. But, but to know the point is we're being renewed from within, that God wants to make us a new creature. He's not just sort of like, oh, because this guy paid the price for you, I'm going to look the other way and let you into heaven. You know, it's not this kind of legalistic imputed justice it really is an interior transformation of our person so that we become more fully who we were made to be. And who we were made to be is, is to be united with the ultimate good. And, 
and it feels, you know, possession of the good, it leads to joy. And so what happens as we're transformed from within, we feel joy. We feel joy that we are becoming more fully ourselves, more fully who God envisions us to be, more holy. We're becoming saints. And that feels really good. That's the fulfillment of our person. So, so that whole process of interior transformation. And to come back to the point of, of habits, habits, of course, are about behaviors. Uh, they can be mental habits. Uh, they can be, be uh, habits of, of behavior, the way our actions that we carry out. And, and those habits as they become more united to God, as they become more oriented to his logic, as they become more united to his way of love, that's what we call virtue. So habits that are permeated with reason and transformed by grace are virtues. They're, they're actually infused virtues. We're actually living the life of Christ, his life, his fortitude, his, his insight, his wisdom, his love, his desires his we're actually internalizing and that's transforming us from within so that's that's what the holy spirit is doing in us all the time as baptized christians and then we cooperate with that by acting in accord with it and so it's not that i achieve a new habit that i set out to to you know make my own uh, it's not like a business acquisition i'm going to get those three houses and now here's my business plan to acquire them uh, habits are, it's really responding to God's work within us. And how long does it take to do that? Well, again, you know, the statistics that you are observing, uh, whatever, 10 days, 20 days, you know, we can uh, take a certain amount of time repeating certain behaviors and, and habits anyway, you know, different, not all, not all activities are made equal. And so different habits are going to be harder than other habits to form. But but we're really, we, it's not just something I'm doing on my own. It's really something that God is doing in me and with me. And so we get some help in this. We're getting, we're getting some mentoring in this, we might say. And the, the Lord is really at work in us. And so as we set out uh, coming, you know, having come to the end of the Lenten season, and hopefully, you know, our Lenten penances help to expose some of those uh, weak wires, uh, those those weak circuits in us that couldn't take all of the electricity of divine love that was given to us through various kinds of experiences. But hopefully those places that were exposed by our penances. And I know, you know, for myself, I uh, doing some fasting, I was really running into how often I I use food for comfort, and uh, you know it's a it's a relatively benign path of comfort. It's uh, much better to have a bag of popcorn than to get smashed at a bar, you know, or to uh, shoot up with some some heroin or something like that. Um, but at the same time, it's good to be intentional about these things. And so, withdrawing from myself that. The, the snacks or withdrawing the food, withdrawing some meals, you know, then I could see more clearly, oh, look, I want to go grab a, no, I can't have that. I want to go, oh, no, I can't have that. I'm just going to go over the, oh, I can't have that. <laughs> and I start to realize how much that interior push. So that's, that's happening without me thinking about it, but I've inserted a decision point and I'm doing something a little bit differently. And so 
there's working together the, the mind and adjusting the desires, and that can be a, a good thing. And now as we move forward in the Easter season, uh, it's not the opportunity for a lot of gluttony. It's not like, oh, the Lenten fast is done. Now I can gorge myself as much as I want. Hopefully I learned some things in Lent that I can carry on into the Easter season. And uh, maybe look at some other areas of my life where in terms of my habits of prayer, uh, how much time do I make for that? In terms of my habits of, of how I treat other people, uh, do I really give people my full attention? Uh, my habits of the ways that I think about myself, do I think too much about myself? Uh, do I beat myself up too much? Um, you know, so just putting some decision points at some of those areas in our lives can really help us to start to adjust mental patterns and physical patterns that, that tend to lead us in a bad direction. So I just uh, went on for a long time in answer to your question, but hopefully you have a comment or two to, to bring us out of that. Certainly. And as, as you've pointed out there that as we go through systems, we don't always know where the, the weak point is. And sometimes what we think might be the weak point um, actually isn't a weak point at all. It's just the way it is. And we were worried about essentially the road. And sometimes roads are a little bit bumpier than others. Um, and that's just the way it is. And then there's nothing else you can do about it. So as you mentioned in there that God is always trying to, to change us, we still have to choose to do it and be capable of doing it so you know while at the same time jesus won't ask us to do something we're not capable of it it is partially our duty to make ourselves more capable so that we can that's you know take the the virtue of of intelligence and becoming more um knowledgeable about the faith the, the virtue of prudence and learning about that. So that way we don't have ignorance as an answer. We actually can teach children this is right and this is wrong and here's why. Well, that requires effort on our part to figure out what is right and what is wrong. You know, and all of these things build upon each other. And the same way that you would tell someone who's going through through a, a business school or, or an athletic training, you, you want to focus on your strengths. But at the same time, you can't completely neglect your weaknesses. So if you look at, at a very common problem that people have whenever they're trying to make themselves physically stronger is they'll focus on one portion of the body. Normally, the stuff that is high intensity, give you big muscles so you look good um, type things, but they'll neglect stretching. So at the end of the day, you can't really use what you've had. And I think that in a very real way, um, fasting is a spiritual pathway we can physically do on this life that can lead us into being able to use the rest of these muscles everywhere else. Because it's through the process of, of fasting that you're simultaneously realizing what are your weak points because you're foregoing a lot of things. And in turn, you're finding out are these symptoms of something else or are these the cause? So taking your, I can look at you and know this isn't the case, but taking an example of someone who's relying upon food and they're severely overweight. 
Well, are they severely overweight because they're eating too much? Yes, but the eating too much isn't really the problem. It's why they're eating behind behind the scenes that if you fix that up, you can fix up the other things. So fasting simultaneously shows us those weak points, but it also gives us a pathway of time to, to overcome something that we hadn't before. And when you think about how that is beneficial, you can't realize it before you start. You know, you, when you surround yourself with people who are doing things you aren't, sometimes you just get away from it because you don't want to go that direction. And sometimes you don't want to go that direction because it's wrong. But for those that are doing something that's beneficial and successful and you want to emulate it, it's going to require you to step out of your comfort zone. And the best self-evaluation that I've found in all three departments, spiritually, mentally, and physically, was through um, the fasting process I did in Lent. This is the first time in Lent I ever did anything like that. I only ate once a day, every day, with the exception of Fridays, which I didn't eat at all, um, partially because of what I've said in a prior episode about how not eating helps your body physically. Um, But the other part was, I like meat. I'm not allowed to eat meat on Friday. So why try to find a substitute? Let's just do this all out. <laughs> so, nice. um, you know, it was, it was partially all of that together, but looking in retrospect, you know, it, of, of coming through that, I never thought I would have ever tried something like this. Um, I mean, obviously there, there's a physical side of it. You, you lose weight because you're simply eating less bad stuff by default, but mentally it, it, it just, it, there's a lot of benefits that are hard to articulate until you do it. And and I think that the fasting is a gateway to that, but essentially any habit that you've developed that says this was causing symptoms rather than the symptoms itself. Now, obviously sometimes you got to deal with symptoms first, but if you can get to the causes, you're going to be in a much better situation. And Again, I believe that the fasting is, is, is the pathway that, that helped me get there, at least, looking at the last couple of months in isolation. That's awesome, Joe. I'm so uh, so happy for you and proud of you for, for doing that. It's it's really a great experience, and, and you described it very well. <clears throat> there are just a, a lot of things that happen that you don't fully get until you try it, you know, and just run into that self-denial uh, and the and the challenges that it that it brings up um yeah why why am i eating you know to really get my hands around that and to feel you know there's so because there is so much mental stuff i mean the the physical thing of having an empty stomach and you know whatever you get over that a little bit of uh maybe some lightheadedness in the afternoon um but although it's a little weird you you feel a little bit uh over uh, uh energized at the same time it's uh it's an interesting experience, but you know, you get used to the physical dimensions of it, but it's like, I can't stop and have lunch. That's hard. You know, the, uh, there's the mental part of there's a break in my day that mattered to me to somehow get food and eat it does something for us, you know, mentally, just the, the process of that. And certainly if you're sitting down for a meal and not being able to do that, and kind of powering your way through. I, I find that meals are sort of landing places for me. So I can go through my morning and I land at lunch, you know, and then I go through my afternoon and I land at dinner and then I can go into my evening and then I land in bed. 
and uh, <clears throat> using food as a kind of landing place, you know, is, is something something I found I do. But those are all insights that I wouldn't have understood or you know grasped the significance of if not for actually going through the process of of doing some fasting. And that's where not just the Christian tradition, but but more broadly than that, a lot of religious traditions promote fasting. And as you point out, even science and medicine, a lot of other uh, areas and authorities in life uh, promote fasting. And the other thing that I, aside from, from what you just said there, I had those elements in the beginning, but it was almost after a while, my body told me what to eat. And then all those things just started going away. And I know that's going to be different for everyone, but it's probably the closest thing I will ever have to um, cravings that a pregnant woman has. It just tells her what to eat to take care of things. Um, it just like I just knew. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like just eat this, this, and then it worked out. Um, but the other thing that that the fasting element kind of caused, at least for me, and I'm assuming it's universal, is that it requires or maybe begs a little bit of self reflection. You know, where am I at here and why am I there? And this is how the, the spiritual side of it came into play for me was whenever I came up to an answer that I particularly didn't like, it was easier at that point to turn to prayer to see, all right, help me figure out why I'm here and how I got here and more importantly, how to get out of it. Um, and I think that that process I never would have done had I not force myself to do it. And I think that that's something that each of us can do at any point. Um, and obviously fat, we did this fasting through prayer. I mean, some people may have tried it through language or, or through food rather. Some people may have tried to do it through language or activity, you know, cutting away this activity or whatever. Um, what I liked about the food element was, is that with language, you can replace it with different, these words with different words. You can't replace not eating with eating. Just by definition, you can't. So it's kind of more of, a, of an all or nothing type situation. And with that being said, I think that when we put ourselves in spots like that, we really can, can find out who we are and become better off for it. So, Father, I, I want to conclude this episode with giving you a chance to, to tie it all together with habits that can bring us closer to God uh, because the one thing I found is the more and more we try them, the more it helps us in ways we never even thought it would have. So I want yeah. to give you a chance to to bring us home here today. Well, and you know, you point out that you can substitute words with other words, but that's where uh, actually getting rid of something is the fasting comparison. So silence, um, you know, take a, taking a morning or whatever, a period of time and being in silence. And extending that silence to, you know, words uh, more uh, fully or, you know, I mean, setting down the cell phone, silencing the texting, I mean, real, really entering into silence, depriving ourselves, removing some of that stimulation. And, and likewise, fasting from, you know, so much screen time. I know a number of people, especially doing Exodus 90, something like that, Fasting from the news, fasting from screen time, fasting from surf surfing the web, and not substituting it with some other, you know, it's not a matter of changing one website for another, 
uh, or not not indulging in uh, immoral websites and instead uh, indulging in whatever, some other uh, good websites, which is a fine substitute, but there's something about just not doing it and then finding out what happens when I don't do this. And that's where we end up confronting ourselves and and seeing the reality before us a little more clearly. So anyway, uh, just because Lent's over doesn't mean that we uh, can just become super indulgent. And it, as you pointed out, you know, there's still time in the Easter season to uh, form a, a couple of habits, and it would be great to do that. Think about some area that we can uh, just hold ourselves back in. We, we certainly want to celebrate the resurrection, and there are lots of good ways to do that but we can also uh, have a little bit of self-restraint and, uh, and, and grow in holiness. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for doing this episode today with me, Father. Thank you out there, everyone, for listening. Uh, we are coming off our strongest three collective months that we've ever had, so we thank everyone for helping us to continue to grow, and please continue to hit subscribe and sharing our link with everyone else around you. So thank you, guys, and have a great rest of your week.